It's good to be here. We've, a year ago yesterday, to the date, we moved to Billericay. Can't quite believe it's been a year. Some of you are thinking, oh, it feels like it's been about 30. But no, it has only been a year. And last December, as we were getting ready to leave Portsmouth and pack things up and, and, and move, we were saying to ourselves, well, I wonder, we you know what Christmas would be like this year. It's busy, we're moving, and well, I wasn't working in the church at uh, Christmas last year. But we were saying, I wonder what Christmas will be like next year. And here we are. We no longer need to wonder because we're here. But we wonder about lots of things, don't we? We wonder what the weather will be like. You may be wondering what your turkey will be like this year. Will it be dry or will it have a bit of moisture in it? Probably be dry, but there we are. We wonder what will be on the TV this Christmas time. Don't worry, I've, I've got my Christmas radio times. I think you'll find it's repeats, 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 but there we are. That's why we pay our licence, those of us that still have to. But we wonder about lots of things, don't we? But then there's a, there's a different meaning to the word wonder, where we look upon something with wonder, where we look upon something with awe. Last Sunday, I was at Global Cafe, and there was one of the, the parents was there with their children, and uh, he came a little bit later, and I said hello to him. I said, I think we met before. He said, yes, we have met before, because I could not stop thinking about your hair. <laughs> he didn't have hair. He said, your hair was so big, it scared me. He wondered at my hair. I have a lot of hair. I'm quite a hairy person, and my, my hair, I think if you put a, a camera upon my, my hair throughout a 24-hour period, you wouldn't need to, to speed it up to see it grow, and it would just naturally grow. It's a bit like one of those kids' toys, you know, Barbie, where they just pull the hair out and it, and it keeps coming. I can remember holding my children in my arms just as they were born. I can remember holding Kezia. And the midwife was holding her first and she said, see, what have you got then? To which I replied, well, if you move your hand, I could tell you what we've got. Because babies, when they're born, they look the same, don't they? Male or female. I can remember holding Kezia in my arms and praying a prayer of blessing over her and thanking God. And I just looked at her with wonder, with awe, for in my eyes, she was perfect. And then she started crying, but there we are. I remember lying in bed with Jem and Reuben after he was born, before we had a home birth with Reuben. I say we had a home birth. I didn't do an awful lot to it. Jem did it, but we, he was born at home. And we were talking about it only yesterday. We were lying in bed. Reuben then was sleeping. We had a cup of tea and some shortbread biscuits. Shortbread biscuits always have a special place in our house because that's what we ate at about five o'clock in the morning when the midwives had gone and Reuben had been born and we looked upon our boy, the only boy in the family, in our family and in Jem's side of the family. And I looked at him with wonder and with awe and thought, yes, I've done my job, the name Dulson carries on. Now it's your problem now, Reuben. But there are things we look upon with wonder for they take our breath away because they're so magnificent. I remember <clears throat> being in Livingstone in Zambia at Victoria Falls and on a bridge and on our left 
was a wonderful rainbow and on our right was just the, the, the majesty, the splendour of Victoria Falls in all their glory. And we looked upon them with wonder at the beauty of God's creation. We all look upon things with wonder. Maybe it's a place you've been to. Maybe it's the birth of a child. Maybe it's just a really nice meal in a posh restaurant. You think, wow, that's, that's just spectacular. But as we journey towards Christmas, only eight more sleeps to go. You're getting excited. Have you written your list? You know, are you ready? Do you spend more time wondering what Christmas will be like, wondering about all the practicalities? Or do you wonder at the birth of Jesus and who Jesus is? This morning we have already heard some of the accounts of that first Christmas And I want to add a Bible reading that while not specifically Christmassy, I do believe it points to the wonder of Christmas and what that is all about. It's sort of intertwined with the account of the birth of Jesus. So I'm going to read Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, That even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Do you enjoy seeing something in the theatre, whether that's in South End or, or wherever? But there's something about seeing a, a, a musical in the West End in London, isn't there? Even people who see shows on Broadway in New York feel there is something special about seeing a West End musical. And one of the best musicals has to be I'll get the accent wrong, especially when there's a French teacher with us here. How would you say Le Miserable, Joan? There are. She said Le Miserable. She even had the hand gestures. Did you see that? You can't speak French without using your hands. If you go Le Miserable, it's not right. But if you go Le Miserable, then it comes into something, doesn't it? When the main character, Jean Valjean, or as they say in Essex, Jean Valjean, um, is released after 19 years in chain gang as a prisoner 
doing menial work as punishment. He, he goes and steals some silver from a church. When he's caught, because of his previous crimes, he expects a severe punishment, maybe even the death penalty. But instead of that, the bishop tells the police that Jean Valjean has stolen, has not stolen the silver, it's a gift. And on top of this, the bishop gives Jean Valjean some valuable silver candlesticks in a, Jean, you forgot these moments. Instead of the condemnation that Jean Valjean expected and deserved, he experiences grace. Abundant, wild grace. And it transforms him. In the passage from Ephesians, Paul explains that all of us have messed up too. We have all done things wrong. We all continue to do things wrong. We have not been as good as we should have been. And yet, because of Jesus, God lavishes us with grace. A scandalous grace that all starts with God incarnate, with God being born into the world. The passage from Ephesians talks about Jesus' death and resurrection and how we have been saved, redeemed by this. And you see, it intertwines with the Christmas account because you can't have Jesus' death and resurrection without his birth. Yes, Jesus might have been a helpless baby in a feeding trough, yet he was God's rescue plan for all of humanity that some 33 years later would be completed in his death and resurrection. But it started at joy to the world. That's where it started. When the shepherds run and visit Jesus on the night he was born, they were overcome with wonder. And they go about telling everyone and we read that everyone who heard the shepherds were saying, what the shepherds were saying, we were astonished. The shepherds were telling everyone that the Saviour has come. That people have finally been saved. Even if they didn't fully understand or grasp or know how that was ended to actually happen years later that Paul talks about in Ephesians. Read on in the Gospels and see the reaction of Anna and Simeon. Two old people who have seen many parents bringing babies to the temple for the purification offering. And yet when they clasp eyes on Jesus, wonder fills their heart. And they know instantly who he is without even having to ask. He is the Messiah who will save them. As Paul speaks about in, in the passage from Ephesians. As Jesus is presented to the temple, probably in a line with other babies, Simeon exclaims to God that he has now seen God's salvation. He has seen God's salvation in the baby before Jesus dies and rises from the dead. He means he looks at Jesus and marvels and is overcome with wonder because he knows that it is through Jesus that God is going to redeem the whole of humanity because Jesus is God. The prophet Anna starts dancing and praising God as she sees Jesus because she is overcome with wonder at the saviour of the world. In Matthew's Gospel, when we read about the wise men, we read that when they set eyes on Jesus, they bow down and worship him. Think about that for a moment. By the time they get to Jesus, Jesus is probably a toddler. He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't done anything to change the world yet. 
And yet, when these men see him, they can do nothing else but bow down and worship him. They are in awe of him. They look upon him with wonder. So much so that they put the toddler Jesus before King Herod. Jesus caused a wonder in them that compelled them to not return the same way. And that's not simply a, a practical we'll put another route into the sat-nav and with our camels we'll go a different way. But this is, we're going to bypass Herod because we're going to put this toddler, this baby Jesus, before our earthly king. They returned not the same way. And by that, it wasn't just a geographical, it meant that in their hearts they were different. They had been changed by the wonder of Jesus. I've recently been reading through the book of uh, the New Testament book of Ephesians, which is a, a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the young church at Ephesus. The whole letter is a wonderful explanation of the Christian life. It's, it's big picture writing where Paul shares the amazing truth of what God has done in and through Jesus Christ. How, even though we have done nothing to deserve it, Jesus has been sent into the world to reconcile us to God. It shows how Jesus is God's amazing gift of grace to the whole of humanity and also the truth that this amazing gift of grace is available to us all. Christ is right at the heart of this amazing letter as is the beauty of grace. It talks about the rich inheritance that we have through Christ about how we are saved through Christ, about the inheritance of eternity, about how we are not excluded, but we are now joined with others through Christ. Friends, throughout this letter, there are wonders to behold, if only we would make room for them. And it all starts with Jesus being born in an outhouse or a spare room or an animal shelter or a stable. And those who went to see Jesus looked upon him in wonder and none did this more than his mum Mary. And those in that first Christmas looked upon him in wonder not because he was a spectacularly good-looking baby because let's be honest if they're your own children you think they're gorgeous. But they're not, are they? Not always. Back in 1971, when I was born, I had an auntie called Auntie Betty. She was an odd sort. She really was. She's not with us anymore. But she was a little bit strange throughout all of her life. But my mum turns up, I obviously don't remember it, because I was days old. My mum turns up with her, her, her newborn baby boy. My auntie looks at me and says, oh gosh, he's an ugly child, isn't he? <laughs> you know when you have those moments in life, you may think it, but don't say it. <laughs> auntie Betty never engaged brain before she engaged her mouth. <laughs> but 52 years later, I'm not bitter about it, honestly, I'm not. But friends, in that first Christmas, they didn't look upon Jesus in wonder because he was such an amazingly beautiful baby boy, although he might have been. 
but they looked upon him in wonder because of his majesty. Because of the kingship that, that just oozed from him. Because of the love for them that they saw in him. Because he fulfilled in wonderful splendor all the prophecies that they would have known all about. They looked upon him in wonder because they knew that from today, nothing was ever going to be the same again. They were not going to be the same again. So what about us? What about you? Does the familiarity of the Christmas message capture your heart anew and afresh each time you hear it? Or does the familiarity not so much breed contempt, but maybe take the shine off it? Or we take it for granted? For our honeymoon 18 years ago, we went on a safari to Kenya. It was wonderfully spectacular. But I noticed something interesting. On the safari, there were maybe... I think there were about, I don't know, six of us or seven of us in this, this sort of truck, open truck that was going around for three days. Now, I had seen elephants before. As a child, the school trip was always to Longleat. So I'd seen elephants in captivity. But I'd never seen them in the wild, in their natural habitat. And when we first saw these elephants and you were up close to them, it was awe-inspiring. And I, along with others in the truck, we stood taking lots of photos, not knowing what they'd be like, because you had to send it to TruePrint to then have it photocopied, have it, you know what I mean, developed, that's the word. We took loads of photos of these elephants. But by day three, none of us took a photo of an elephant. We didn't even stand when the elephants just walked past us. Not because... We didn't like them. But because we'd become numb to the familiarity of seeing the elephant. And we had lost the wonder for them. In three days. Friends, you and I can come to this Christmas message a bit like that. We've heard it so many times that we no longer make room in our hearts and minds for the wonder of Jesus. We do it at Christmas. We do it at Easter. We do it always. But let's ask ourselves, what will it take for us to make room for the wonder of Jesus. How will we allow our hearts to rejoice like never before because of Jesus? The writer to another New Testament book, Hebrews, helps us to see the wonder again. He's just finished telling us about all the heroes of faith in Hebrews 11 and, and what Jesus has done for us. And then in, verse, in, in chapter 12, he says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running, never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who began and finished this race we're in. You see, began by being born. Finished it by dying and rising from the dead. Study how he did it. Study how he did it in between those 33 years. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your face, or when you find yourselves flagging in the familiarity of the Christmas message, go over that story again, item by item. That long litany of hostility he ploughed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls and revive the wonder 
that we have for Jesus. For he tells us that Jesus started and finished the race. He was born, he lived and he died for us. The writer is encouraging us to wonder at Jesus. And then he says, when we do, when we keep our eyes on him, we finally make room for that wonder in our hearts. So friends, as we close, this Christmas, may you make room in your heart for the wonder of Jesus and may you rejoice in him. And the Christmas message reminds us that we wonder not just personally, but as God's church, collectively, the community of faith, we wonder For when the world sees us rejoicing at the wonder of Jesus, that witnesses to them about the true meaning of Christmas. So this Christmas, and indeed for always, may we rejoice at the wonder of Jesus. Amen.